Hey guys, it's Jazz here with another episode of Daily Journey with Christ. And today we will be diving into Romans chapter 9 as we continue our journey through the book of Romans. And I just want to talk about my day and kind of debrief of where everything was at today when it came to my mental health. And it started off really good. Um, I was able to get up. I went to school. Not an issue. And then I ended up in one of my classes. That's a three-hour lecture. And I don't know about any of you, but if any of you are in post-secondary or you're just in school and you have those long periods of time that you're just studying and learning the same thing, is it can get very repetitive or you can just kind of zone out and get in your own mind. And that's one problem I personally have with my long lecture is just kind of zoning out um, because I can only focus for so long. And so with these long lectures, I kind of zone out and then I get into my head and then that's when my anxiety actually can get worse in class because then I start thinking the worst or start thinking of what do I have to do after class? What do I have to do here? And sometimes I got to remember and to live in the moment is take what I have happening and not to worry about what's going to come ahead. It's just realize that God is going to be with me in those moments that come ahead and One of the best sayings I ever was taught in high school was actually, how do you eat an elephant? And it was one bite at a time. And that is from Lurie, um, who was a kind of mentor for me growing up in high school. And this analogy seems really weird, but it's kind of just saying like, An elephant is big and it can be a lot, but if you expect to eat an elephant, even though this is not me saying you should eat elephants, um, is it's just more a saying more going along the lines of if you have a lot to do, all you can do is one step at a time, or as the analogy says, one bite at a time. And that's kind of what gets me through the day. So yeah, I had that very long lecture and Um, I was kind of thinking about what I had to do after because I knew I had a lot of homework, but I knew I was refing basketball and I was working with my youth girls tonight um, at the church. And so I knew I had a lot going on and I just realized I was like, okay, take a breath, deal with what's happening in the moment. And that kind of got me through that first anxious part of my day. And I got to the gym and I refed basketball as usual tonight, but After youth, I found that I kind of had, oh my goodness, moment of, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this tonight when I get home because of assignments that I need done for class tomorrow. Anyway, I ended up calling a friend and I said, hey, have you done this yet? Do you want to work together? And that's what I did. And so we worked our way through the assignments and I realized I wanted just a mental break from school. So I decided, hey, let's jump on here. Um, kind of break down my day, just kind of talk about what's going on and um, read into some Romans just to get that bit of a mental break from class as well. I will be completely honest though is it was definitely a hard night because a lot of the time is I want to be an encouragement to my youth girls and I want to show them but at the same time I want them to realize that as much as they look up to me is I still hurt. I still struggle. And that's one thing that God did tell us in the Bible is that it wasn't going to be an easy life being a Christian is we would have to choose the hard road sometimes. And being able to have those decisions, I think, is what's most important of all we do. And I just want to mentor the girls and let them realize that 
I want them to be able to confide in me and I want to just be that welcoming, warm environment. Just because when it comes to my mental health is sometimes I feel like I don't necessarily have people that I can turn to to talk to if something's on my mind. And I want to be that support for these girls. Is I remember being in grade 9 and I always wanted that person and I had that person that I could confide in. So I want to be that same thing for these girls is as I'm kind of entering this new journey in my life, um, growing with God and trying to reestablish who I am and where my values stand um, makes a huge impact. But at the end of the day, I just want to be impactful for these girls in their relationship with God. But for now, let's just dive into Romans chapter 9 and see what God has in store for us tonight. Romans chapter 9. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. They are the people of Israel, chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed his glory to them. He made covenants with them and gave them his law. He gave them the privilege of worshiping him and receiving his wonderful promises. Abram, Isaac, and Jacob are all their ancestors, and Christ himself was an Israelite as far as his human nature is concerned. And he is God, the one who rules over everything and is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Well then, has God failed to fulfill his promise to Israel? No. For not all who are born into the nation of Israel are truly members of God's people. Being descendants of Abram doesn't make them truly Abram's children. For the scriptures say, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted, though Abram had other children too. This means that Abram's physical descendants are not necessarily children of God. Only the children of the promise are considered to be Abram's children. For God has promised... I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. This son was our ancestor Isaac. When he married Rebekah, she gave twins to, she gave birth to twins. But before they were born, they had done any, they had done anything good or bad. She received a message from God. She was told, "Your older son will serve your younger son." In the words of the scriptures, "I loved Jacob, but I rejected Esau." Are we saying then that God was unfair? Of course not. For God said to Moses, I will show mercy to anyone who I chose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. So, it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it nor work for it. For the scriptures say that God told Pharaoh, Pharaoh, I have appointed you for the very purpose of displaying my power in you and to spread my fame throughout the earth. So you see, God chooses to show mercy to some, and he chooses to harden the hearts of others, so they refuse to listen. Well then, you might say, why does God blame people for not responding? Haven't they simply done what he makes them do? No, don't say that. Who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have the right to use the same lump of clay to make a make one jar for decoration and another to throw garbage into? 
In the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he is very patient with those whom have anger falls, he who are destined for destruction. He does not he does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those whom he shows mercy, who were prepared in advance for glory. And we are among those whom he selected, both from the Jews and from the Gentiles. Concerning the Gentiles, God says in the prophecy of Hosea, Those who were not my people, I will now call my people. And I will love those whom I did not love before. And then at the place where they were told, You are not my people. They were, there they will be called children of the living God. And concerning Israel, Isaiah the prophet cried out, Though the people of Israel are as numerous as the sand of the seashore, only a remnant will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth quickly and with finality. And Isaiah said the same thing in another place. If the Lord of heaven's armies had not spread a few of our children, we would not be wiped out like Sodom, destroyed like Gomorrah. What does this all mean? Even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standards, they were made right with God, and it was by faith that this took place. But the people of Israel who tried hard to get right with God by keeping the law never succeeded. Why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead of by trusting in him. They stumbled over the great rock in their path. God warned them of this in the scriptures when he said, I am placing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall. But anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. And that is Romans chapter 9. And I think what is ironic about all this is tonight at our youth, we were actually talking about um, Abram and Lot and just the whole story of Sodom and Gomorrah when it came to the Old Testament. So it's just ironic that God is now speaking to me about these two places through Romans chapter 9 as well and just seeing that comparison and realizing that even in those hard times or those moments you feel like your life has reset, God is going to be with you because here it says like, if the Lord of heaven's armies had not spared a few of our children, we would have not been, we would have been wiped out like Sodom, destroyed like Gomorrah. And I think what's important is at the time is these places seemed like the best place to be. And then you realize that they were all wiped out because they didn't belong and they were sinful and our sin is just going to be the exact same. Um, but with this is, I think what's just really important to realize is that God chooses his children is we didn't choose to be here on this earth is God chose us and decided to uh, knit us in our mother's wombs and that we have the choice to either let him save us or we struggle this earth by ourselves. So it's like, I remember getting hearing this analogy that was like, if you were out and the boat started sinking is you didn't necessarily choose to be on that boat. Someone might've dragged you out, but if your boat starts sinking and someone comes to save you, then you're going to take that help. And it's the same thing with God is being able to realize that you did not choose to be here, but there's someone who's willing to save you and get you through those hard times. And that is one thing that helps me get through my mental health moments I have 
just knowing that like I might feel alone and I don't sometimes feel like I have a purpose on this earth but at the end of the day God created me for a purpose and I have to remind myself that and find that purpose as um, those moments can be hard and you have to realize that God is going to be loyal and he's going to be compassionate and if you mess up he's still going to be there for you and that's kind of where it's like I just want to tie this into the mental health um, fact of the day is realizing that our world is full of sin and sin is what leads to this not so what we call not so perfect world and one thing is with mental disorders is um, there's multiple types but um, I'm here on the health government website and some of the one things to realize is that there's actually over 300 mental dis mental disorders listed um, in this mental disorders uh, book that is created, I guess, for professionals. But realizing that mental disorders of this period of time is actually broken up into seven different types. Um, and these seven different types can be such things as uh, mood disorders. So this is your depression or bipolar. We have anxiety. We have personality disorders. We have psychotic disorders. We have eating. We have trauma-related disorders. Um, so those traumas are stuff like uh, post-traumatic stress disorder or we have substance abuse disorder. And I think what's important to realize is all of this is a result of sin, and it's not necessarily a result of my sin. It's just the result of sin of the world. Um, and that's what I think we all have to remember is that just because something bad happens to you or you are struggling doesn't mean it's your fault. Is There's so many factors in the world that lead to those moments and those thoughts that you just have to get through it and find that community and realize that... Um, there's people who are not going to agree. And I know there's people out there who don't believe in mental health. And I just want to pray upon them tonight that they're able to um, look into it more and be able to realize that mental health is something real and people truly suffer from it. Um, and I just do want to make a note here that I am no professional. I have very little education when it comes to this, but I'm just more speaking off of my own personal, um, my own personal experience with this is I come from a family of many people who have anxiety and have depression and I have PTSD. And so with that is I just want to kind of share my story and be that person that if you need someone to confide in is I am more than happy to talk um, if you know me, if not, you can always send me a message and I just want to be that voice or that ear for someone to listen to if you feel like you're alone. And, but that concludes today's message. Anyway, I will see, pardon me, um, I will make a note. I have been stumbling along my words a lot tonight and so I apologize for anyone who is listening, um, when I'm reading scripture, sometimes I stumble because I'm trying to follow and I do remind myself that I have that fear of judgment. But at the end of the day is I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to stumble over my words. And the best I can do is just continue on and just share how I see the world and how I see the world through God's eyes as well. But for now, good night, everyone.